The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel the Lord. Our new church year opens, as it always does, with more than a bit of a riddle. In fact, riddle upon riddle, you might say. The symbol that we trot out this time of year, the Advent wreath, is not what you might expect in a Christian community. In fact, it's a fairly recent addition Some scholars think it only really appears in Western Christianity around the 16th century, probably in German Lutheran churches, and some speculate it may have been adopted from pagan roots. Its shape is what gives it away. It's a circle. Theologians and spiritual authors debate whether we have to think about Christian history and Christian redemption as linear or cyclic. The clear symbol of the Advent wreath is that there's a cycle going on here, and of course here we are at the beginning of a new cycle, a new church year, and as we were all taught in school, the earth revolves around the sun, it doesn't move in a straight line. And we see cycles all around us. All we have to do is read the headlines of the past few days. And it seems like we're starting over in the pandemic. Everyone is spooked by the latest variant. What is it going to bring? The traders on Wall Street are nervous. Everybody's stock portfolio shrunk just a little bit the past few days. And there's a renewed anxiety in the mix. And then we have that wonderful gospel from Luke today about signs in the heavens and the nations of the earth. 
in fear. Sounds like Advent to me. How about to you? Not exactly what you might have been expecting. Isn't this supposed to be a season of rejoicing and preparation? Aren't we supposed to be anticipating a beautiful little babe in a manger, tender, meek, and mild as the old hymns and poems go? No, we start out returning to what we left the last church year in, and that is apocalyptic. Apocalypsis, to remind you again, is not necessarily about the end of the world, but it is about the revealing of what is true and what is real. Scholars pour a lot of ink out about this gospel reading because it is very mystifying and strange. At one level, we hear a Jewish prophet, Jesus, possibly pointing, as one scholar suggests, to the reality that a military confrontation with the Romans for Jews living in the first century was bound to fail, and it did and it resulted in the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that had stood for a thousand years. So at least one New Testament scholar suggests that by the time Luke is written late in the first century, we have this sense in which Jesus' words have been vindicated. Although that's cold comfort for Jews and Christians living at the time who felt like the heart of their tradition had been taken out and destroyed. But Luke also elevates it to this cosmic level, to this understanding that all of us, sooner or later, are going to confront calamity, personal calamity, family calamity, and indeed, national and global calamity. This is part of the human condition, he says. So in that sense, none of this is new. We have come, again, full cycle, back to what we already know, that the darkness this time of year tends to get very scary and imposing. The question for us is how do we, as people of faith, respond when the darkness deepens? Today also happens to coincide with the commemoration of two beloved saints of our tradition, King Kamehameha and Queen Emma of Hawaii, who are remembered this day for what they brought to the church and also the Hawaiian people. In the 19th century, Kamehameha had traveled as a boy to England, and he saw firsthand how the Church of England's liturgy worked, and he fell in love with it, probably for its good order, its pomp and its circumstance, and its gracious and poetic language. So he decided when he became king, he was going to bring it back to his own people, and he invited missionaries from the Church of England to come to Hawaii and bring the tradition with them. Now, that's nice for a church calendar geek like me. 
But that's not why Kamehameha and Emma are remembered today. In today's Gospel from Luke, Jesus is speaking to his followers about what to look for because they're concerned about how will they know when the end times are coming. And if you think in terms of linear time, the end times are really scary because there's nothing after them, right? That's how lines work. They have a starting point and an ending point. And if you go beyond the ending point, well, it's sort of like people cracking their heads over black holes. You go over the edge and there's no return. Now Jesus says, you may look around you and see people worried and scared and frightened about the imposing gloom and the impending darkness. But he's reminding his followers that's not the way it's supposed to be among you. The Christians to whom Luke was probably written were frightened. They had gone through persecutions under the Romans. Jerusalem had been destroyed, which meant not just the heart of Judaism, but the heart of early Christianity had been destroyed. And it felt like things had come to an end. Nobody knew what would happen for the next generation. But that is not why they are remembered. They're not remembered because they were frightened or scared. Just as Kamehameha and Emma are not remembered for ushering in a sort of noble Anglican tradition into the islands of Hawaii. Jesus reminds his followers that they are to look up and look towards the light when the darkness comes. And if you put that together with all of the other things that we'll be hearing from Luke this coming year, you'll see what Jesus is talking about is that Christians in the darkness hold the light, not only for one another, but for the people around them. It's at a moment when the whole society around us becomes scared that we suddenly break open our doors and we not just invite people in for prayer, we go out and we serve with compassion, with hope, with grace. That is our calling. And that is what Jesus is telegraphing to his disciples. And what Luke was telegraphing to those churches struggling at the end of the first century, and what he still is telegraphing to us today, living as we are. Sometimes it feels a little bit on the edge of the world, or you might say at the end of all things. This is when we are called not to fall into fear, but actually to lift up our heads and look for the coming of Christ. Because this is where the stories come together. You remember, Jesus is not born into a palace, is he? Or into good times. Jesus is born into the messiness of a stable. 
to parents who are poor and very much at the edge. Some might even suggest into the midst of scandal. Jesus is born into a world that is dark. The angels don't appear in a bright sunny sky, but at night. And not to magnets and kings, but to shepherds who are at the edges of their world, perhaps even at the end. This is the gospel for today. And the same way Jesus says the coming of Christ will happen in the moments where things are darkest, where we have been touched most deeply by calamity and misfortune, where we feel like we have gone to the end and fallen off. That's where Christ will meet us and where we are called to be for others in service, in compassion, in hope. The reason Kamehameha and Emma are remembered is because even after ushering in all of these beautiful things from the Church of England, the people were most moved when a smallpox epidemic hit the islands. Kamehameha and Emma had a choice. They could have done what many people of means would do quite naturally. They could have shut themselves up in their palace been very careful about who they let in and who they let out, and just waited out the darkness. But instead, they went out onto the streets themselves and began going door to door, taking notes, selling their jewels, inviting other wealthy on the island to give support so that they could bring medicine to everyone who was in need. By the time a few years later that Kamehameha passed away, Emma refused to take over the throne from her husband and instead devoted the rest of her life to building charitable organizations that would sustain the Hawaiian people, including the largest civilian hospital even still today on the islands. That's why they are remembered and she is remembered by the Hawaiian people as our beloved queen. That, beloved in Christ, is what Christian witness is about in the end times. And as I said last week, it bears repeating again. In our tradition, the end is not the end but is, in fact, a new beginning. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415 415- 388-1907. Search for us online or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace.
We hope to greet you in person very soon.